Let's spread a song so you can sing along with one special guest or two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me today is a returning guest he was on glee season two if two. i remember correctly he's he is the host or one of the hosts of the glee boot podcast and not my fantasy podcast it's cullen callahan Woo! hi so happy to be back this is such a fun podcast so now uh, yeah so I've been doing like a whole block of like, I picked the movie and I picked the person, but you were just like, we need to do this. And I was like, yes, and we're going to do it sooner <laughs> rather than later. Because I saw this movie and I neither hate it nor love it, but I'm like, I just have thoughts. Like I need to I need to talk with any human I can about this movie because like, ugh. Yes. <laughs> and we're here to talk about Disenchanted, the uh, 2022 Disney Plus only movie and never it yeah. never went to theaters yeah disney plus only first warning sign <laughs> this is like so is going to disney plus like the new directive video sequels for disney i mean not entirely but a little bit like when i think of like what oh, are the no. other direct to disney plus well like sometimes i'll put pixar movies direct to disney plus so you'll have like luca and turning red which are like great movies straight to disney plus so that's not entirely fair. We'll like see a, though. Like a kiss bring, of death, yeah. Yeah, we'll see if they bring back the Disney animated sequel. Oh, now that yeah. Iger's back, I think he probably wouldn't let that happen. But if we, if Chapek was still around, I was like, oh, those might come back. Well, so Disenchanted, the screenplays by Brigitte Hales, music by Alan Menken, lyrics by Stephen Schwartz. They come mm. back again for this. Iconic. Uh, Directed by Adam Shankman. And mm. according to IMDb, okay, I have a lot of questions already, but okay. like according to IMDb, 15 years after her happily ever after, Giselle questions her happiness, inadvertently turning the lives of those in the real world and Andalasia upside down in the process. Okay. Okay. So, Colin. Yes. Um, listeners will know this, but you don't. We just did Enchanted. And mm. so... How old is Morgan in Disenchanted? Because I'm very confused. 15 years. So is she like, well, even if she was five in Enchanted 1, she'd be not in high school. She'd be 20. So like, is she supposed to be like... That is a high school, yes. 20? (laughs) No, no, I'm saying like that is a high school like that she's going to. It's not a college. if If she was three, she would be like 17 uh 18 18 so like barely in high school like the age where you just wait till they graduate to move in high school (laughs) yeah because she's clearly like 16 15 16 in this yeah she's like mid high school they weird oh my gosh somebody fucked up i mean a lot of people fucked up (laughs) i'm just gonna say that (laughs) well so like the dis well that's the imdb summary the disney plus summary is just saying a live action musical musical comedy disenchanted is a sequel to disney's box office hit enchanted featuring the original cast and this one's a little more vague than yeah because it doesn't have to be 15 years it could be like if she was how old do you think she was in the first movie like five or six yeah like 
young, ten. but like, but this is this is ten years later. That makes sense. Great. Yeah. Oh yeah. god. Um. We also. I also asked my guest in the last episode, "Is Gisela a witch? Is she a witch? Is she a witch? Why?" So, remember. Okay, we're gonna. I'm. I'm. We're probably gonna un- unintentionally gonna be comparing this to Enchanted. But, uh, I mean, uh, intentionally. <laughs> and intentionally, but I wasn't hoping on doing that a lot. Yeah. So in Enchanted, we see her first in the Andalasia where yeah. song is present. It's a yes. thing that everyone does and they make fun of it because that's what they do for Disney movies. Yeah. And then in uh, when she goes to the real world, they sing uh, That's How You Know. Yeah, her magic like rubs off on the world. Magic rubs her. off around her. And also she can ah uh, do this yeah. snow white call for the animals yeah. and like control them to clean the apartment. Yes. So in this movie, she still does that bullshit. But is she a witch? Or is it just that Andalasia's magic and she brought it's, that magic with her? I think the second one is how it is because it's like they're just inherently magic as opposed to like, she's not like intentionally casting a spell. It's like, mm-hmm. she's from a magical place. So she has like a magical bloodline, but like that just depends on how you define witch at that point. Cause I right. actually, I wrote in college, I wrote a Cinderella musical where she was like a witch. Um, like she inherited it because I was trying to like explain how she could like talk to the birds in the tree and all the stuff, you know, that she does in the fairy tale that is like oh well she has to obviously has magical powers because like how else but then the whole premise of this one is like she's uh, a stepmother yeah but morgan calls her mom which is great but i don't know if you remember in the first movie when before she gets together with patrick Debsey and everything yeah she's talking with morgan about um nancy about how she's a step going to be a stepmother. And she's like, I know a lot of great stepmothers from where I'm from. They're just, you know, given a bad reputation. And so I'm just like, did no one pay attention to that one line yeah, while writing this script? <laughs> this movie, you know, I'm I just want I'm in a sleeping beauty shirt because you know, I, I love the Disney princess genre, but this movie is very typical of this stage of Disney that it's so reliant on tropes and not even like the enchanted, the first enchanted kind of deconstructed tropes and combined the Disney princess with the rom-com, which was, that was a big rom-com era, you know? And I think that worked really well because it was like, oh, you know, there's something to learn from fairy tale love, but love in the real world is different. And like, it wasn't that Mm -hmm. Andalasia was a perfect place. It's just our world was better for Giselle and Andalasia was better for Nancy. Like this kind of parallel, like, and then- now at this stage of Disney, it's just like we're gonna throw the tropes out and just be like, you know this, it's the drink me potion from Alice, it's the three good fairies from Sleeping Beauty, like you know the reference, and that's that's end of conversation. So they're like, oh, wicked stepmother, which the idea of her turning into a wicked stepmother isn't isn't garbage, but like it also takes away from Giselle as the hero of her own story. I have uh, to say though, Amy Adams does. Oh, she Justice. acts the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Amy Adams is doing 110%. Every morning, I start the day by sitting upright in my bed and screaming <laughs> that Amy Adams doesn't have an Oscar. No justice <laughs> in the world. Because her IMDb page should be Enchanted 2007 Oscar nominee, Oscar victory. Because 
she's just such a good actress. And so that's the thing with this movie. You have uh, you have Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz. You have Amy Adams and Adina Menzel. And you have James Marsden. And I'm not a huge Patrick Dempsey fan, but he's good. You know, like you have a great cast. So it's not going to be garbage. Like it's it's going to be adequate, but like they and like to do a lot of work. Like the found a script is your foundation of a movie. And this movie went through development hell. And when you go through development hell, sometimes you end up with a script that feels like a first draft. And, and like it feels like a first draft. Yeah, sorry. I was gonna say Adam Shankman is not is like does great. Like yeah, I mean, well, he's got hit or misses, but like he's everyone. Yeah, yeah, he's done a lot of other musical movies. Yeah, I'm seeing on his IMDb page, and so like he's nothing to scoff at either. But yeah. I don't know what happened. Development executive meddling is what I'm getting because you have some crazy talented people and the movie is adequate. You know, when I first saw it uh, during the love power reprise, I got emotional. Um, oh, yeah. That's, that, that's emo- that's like new Disney. It feels like, like, yeah. Like this love. And like, I mean, you have Amy Adams singing a sad little reprise. Like, how am I not going to feel something? <laughs> but like, but then you have, uh, love power the first one where i was just like they really tried not to make this let it go because it's yeah. adina menzel singing belting her face off and there are moments where i'm just like this is let it go but like not you know, yeah <laughs> i i am so happy disney discovered adina menzel because <laughs> every few years i need another adina menzel power ballad to get me through like i need it and i like, need the, this song like into the unknown only lasted so far for us. We yeah, needed I needed love power. You know, I I like I actually really love love. Power. I'm not gonna lie though, it felt a little weak in the story. Yes, yeah, so that's and also the... lyrically it felt a little weak. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, okay. I mean, she's, it's it's she... basic. It's it's not like a, a she... you, we talked about Sondheim before we opened this the chat. Like it's not Sondheim. It's not no. It she scrells. Love power a lot. Yes, I know in Into the Unknown, she does the same thing. But yeah. like, they make it musically, lyrically um, yeah. different in a way. But this one, it's just like, love power, love. They, I don't... There's also, if you listen to the soundtrack on Spotify, there are, the songs are edited a lot from the what they recorded to what's in the movie, which is weird. That does not happen in a movie musical. That'll happen in like a, like Glee. happened in like Glee, yeah. Yeah, like in Glee, but you get it. Like, we don't need to hear all of Call Me Maybe right now. Like, but like, why did we cut? And it I to me, I think some of these songs were recorded before plot edits and <gasps> changes. And I think that's what's happening because like there's a part in the Love Power, like the the single, not the credits version, but like if you play it on Spotify, she's referencing like villains and stuff. And it's like what yeah and that's cut and it's like and there's even parts of like even more enchanted i think that are cut um oh my god yeah and the andalasia song with uh adina and james marsden um, at first when they showed up well when they showed up to present the gift i was just like is this all we're gonna get of them because it's like an hour later and then we see them again yeah yeah I'm like uh, why or and also was james marston just too busy to he was too busy for the third act like honestly i'm like he was not <laughs> his booking was not working 
<laughs> or did he test positive for COVID or something? Like, <laughs> for, what yeah. happened? What? Because he was like, I'm going to stay here. And I was like, that to was do added. what? That was added because he couldn't. He, was he not couldn't show up because they're having the dialogue over Adina vocalizing in the background. And I'm like, how's she talking and vocalizing? Uh, and it's also, okay, this, I think the third act of this movie is pretty solid. Like when the stakes all line up and you're watching the finale, it's like, ooh, high stakes. Like, cause this was my second time watching this movie within like, I saw it like when it first came out and I was watching it like Thursday night and I was like, doing like making podcast stuff and like do you know as i was watching it which i don't usually do with movies but i'm like i literally just watched this but the third act i realized i was like transfixed like focused are you talking about like when she shows up to the ball yeah you know or even just like when they sh- once like nancy and morgan and robert like all run in like that big showdown okay. i think yes. that is strong like you're like oh no what's happening you know it- like yeah, is she going to die? Is Andalasia going to die? And like, obviously it's a Disney movie. She's not going to die, but you know, you're, you're in it. Well, you never know. They could have, I, I, I was like, that would be interesting if they did kill her off. Yeah. A little dark. It, it happens. We yeah. had, I mean, Lion King, they kill off Mufasa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but usually the dead parents are in the first act. <laughs> yeah. Not that we don't end on a Disney princess dying. Uh, that's no. not a, that doesn't come back to life. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, the third act is good. And the first act is, uh, okay, I have a lot of questions, but I think the second act kills the movie. Like, the I really, part. When when they're in the, the, the wish and everything? Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's like, again, it's mainly reference humor. And I just think, I think this was a bad idea for the plot. That's really what I think. I could see pursuing that idea and then realizing it's not good. I think the plot... Maybe it's just because I'm an adult, but like the really interesting to me, what's really interesting is this idea of like adjusting to a new place, fish out of water, the differences between fairy tale expectations and fairy tale good and evil and IRL expectations and good and evil. And like the there's this thing that happens, you know, parents idealize their childhood, right? Because it's not that the world was simpler, their life was simpler, typically, you know? And so they have this idea right. that, you know, like, she looks back at Andalasia as everything was kind of innocent and perfect, but Nancy mentions, like, hobgoblins and dragons and ogres, so, like, it isn't. But, like, she's like, oh, like, it could be... Right, uh, but that's normal for her, for yeah, Giselle. For Giselle. So she's adjusting still. She has this longing for the simplicity and innocence of her childhood, and she wants Morgan to have that. And so that's interesting, but that's not what Morgan wants. And Morgan is already adjusting from New York, which is her childhood. So she idealizes it to the suburbs, which is not ideal for her, you know? And it's so that there's some really interesting stuff there. And there's a whole, Robert has a storyline that's essentially abandoned about like feeling trapped in work and commuting. But then, but then when he's in the fairy tale, the wish, it felt like he was, he had the mentality of I'm the provider. I'm the protector. And I was like, where is this coming from? It's because in the stepmother story in a fairy tale, the dad is either dead or inactive. So they did not know what to do with him. But like, but like in the, I mean, like you said, he has, when he's going to work in the, before the wish, it's like, oh, I'm about to have a monotonous life yeah but then when he's the prince or whatever i don't yeah. know 
he he has he's acting like edward basically yeah he's basically edward and then he's life then he doesn't even remember that anything happened no one it's just like that's 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 also i hate that i hate the oh it was all a dream like that's also some bullshit where i was just like guys we can we can do better (laughs) like it just he didn't there was a cut song it wasn't good so i get why they cut it that's on the soundtrack of him and the people in uh the bus um the actress's name i i love her and harada yeah from smash and smigadoon and cinderella yeah she she was like muan in the fairy tale world and like one of them was prince philip and the huntsman from snow white and they sing about like how it's hard to be a hero because like girls do all the fighting now like what yeah 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 <laughs> i i read i read about morgan and what's the boy tyson tyson no. yeah yeah i think they had a they had a duet yeah was which was it was cut it was okay it was giving we're trying to do some lin-manuel meets disney so, i like i did like her voice this actress oh she um, was great her song was very meaningless but uh she sang great like the part where she sings like out by the bay i'm like Whew. but like i want i want to shout out to gabriella baldaccio baldaccino mm-hmm. i'm sorry i'm really bad with names as we know mm-hmm. well after the shock of fairy tale after the spell of like seeing cgi appliances singing yeah. um <laughs> i finally heard her voice and i was just like oh okay yeah, yes. she's really good. The the CGI appliances too. That's so like Disney being so self referential because like the world in Enchanted One, it feels like this fairy tale world that's very Disney. It's very Disney, but it's it's not just references to other Disney properties. Like no, the there are the, yeah, no, but like the reason the objects sing in Beauty and the Beast is because they're cursed, right? So like. True why are these objects just randomly singing? Like everything in Giselle's world in Andalasia makes sense enough, right? She lives in a cottage. She has animal friends. There's an evil queen. There's an ogre. There's a prince. You know, it's... But like the animals talk, which like, that's really all they needed and they had it. So, uh, yeah, we also get a backstory for her. They explain that she was raised by the animals. The animation in the opening sequence looks great. (sighs) I don't but like it, it though. So this isn't Disney. Now they're in the first one. It's not Disney animation. It's a really because 2D animation was shut down at Disney in 2007 when they were making this. So I think it's a Japanese studio imitating Disney. And once but, you hear that, you see it. Yeah, but like the first one, they were clearly inspired by Don Bluth. Did he do Little Mermaid? He did Little Mermaid, right? No, he's the 80s. He did like Anastasia. Okay. Giselle like, looks looks like Ariel a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah with the big yeah. do, doe eyes and everything. But then yeah. they changed it for the, this movie. The first one, it looked cute. Like the first, like just kind of pan. And there are kind of references to that camera they used, like in Snow White and like the old movies with like the layers. And yeah. then when they, when Morgan goes to Andalasia, I'm like, this is ass. I'm sorry, like this animation is not good. And I was really trying, but I'm like, it's not because I, I, you know, I work with animators and stuff and I like and I see these really talented people and, you know, I'm sure it's probably budgetary. Like, I'm sure if they were given time, better time and budget, like Disney's kind of infamous yes. for screwing people over in that regard. Like, I'm sure they could have made it look good. So I don't want to shit on these artists. 
I'm sorry, I can't remember if I'm allowed to swear, but uh Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> but like it's it's a uh, I mean it doesn't it, look good. It doesn't look good. <laughs> overall, it felt rushed cuz like I'm watching it um the ensemble wardrobe in the fairy tale life yeah. moments. It felt like they were just from the Brandy Cinderella movie. I mean, it, they honestly could be the same because they probably went to like a a costume warehouse. Yeah. And, and they're like, of... they're like, oh my God, this looks perfect. Cinderella. <laughs> like, it's... I'm pretty again... sure I've seen, a, we've seen a lot of those in Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. Again, like, I just think this was a bad idea for the story. I think the emotion behind the story works. Like this whole, like, I'm trying to find something that makes me think of when times were simpler like this kind of reactionary almost like kind of conservative reactionary thing that Giselle's going through and she wants it for her daughter and all this stuff. And they're struggling. I think the mother daughter relationship is interesting and strong. I just think the story it's given doesn't serve that relationship. Well, Brave. and also Robert has nothing to do. <laughs> Brave did it better. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. say it. There's also uh, any time a teen in a movie says the word selfie. I do think I vomit. Well, and also Morgan, uh, before the spell and everything, I was just like, why, why are you acting like this? Well, I got it. You know, she's upset that they're moving and she's not like super a huge, she's not like a huge asshole, but like, I mean, she okay. Kinda when she kind of is. <laughs> when she runs into the school and she they bump her and Tyson or whatever is like, they probably had an urgent selfie to post. I weeped. I screamed. I died. I hate... No one would say that. No one... I don't think teens say selfie anymore, and if they do, they're just referring to... Oh, they probably just say, let's take a picture. I'm gonna be honest. They probably don't even say selfie anymore. Or it's they'll a, be like, look at my selfie. Or Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's that's not, it. It's not that integral. It's just like the... It's like a woke. It's like a word. Also, it, no. <laughs> also, it felt like the town square was the same from Once Upon a Time. Another well, Disney property. It's the property. same writer. I think she wrote for Once Upon a Time, the script that writer. That makes a lot of sense. It makes now. a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, the, let's just throw as much Disney as we can at the wall. Uh, it's, yeah, there's a, there, again, the emotion behind it. I'm like, okay, but like the story it's given, it gets lost in the muck and the magic of it all. You know, mm-hmm. that like, I don't know. And I, I think it'd be more interesting if it, if the magic was slowly seeping in, you know, well, like, uh, as opposed also, to just a total transformation. Yeah. What are the vines supposed to be? They never really clarified what that is. No, it's so basically the plot, if you were to summarize this in a bad faith way, I guess, is the King Queen of Andalasia basically give this baby who does nothing in this movie uh i mean she's a baby but like why is this baby here uh a nuclear bomb like something that has world the ability to alter the fabric of reality world ending magic they just give it to a baby what (laughs) you know like it's like you didn't think that that would be a problem that like anyone could have that you know like in Cinderella, the fairy godmother just doesn't give her the wand. You know, when bad people get the wand, that's how you get Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. You know? <laughs> like... They did it already, in other yeah. words. Yeah, so it's like you... I... Ugh, that, like, 
it's it broke the it's world breaking magic and it also broke the movie like it broke the story because then suddenly instead of about like emotional connection it's suddenly all like kind of an external conflict and I think the the story of Enchanted the first movie is her growing right she's growing she's changing and there is the evil queen there is Susan Sarandon we stand um but like that really the magic conflict is used to really just heighten the stakes in the third act you know at the ball right and she has to fight the dragon and stuff it's not the main focus of the movie i feel like this one also suffered because of covid and the pandemic like not like i know yeah. it's been in development hell prior to that but like when they yeah. actually got it greenlit and made i feel like like there's been some great projects that come out and like yeah. some some things that you're like you filmed this during yeah covid and everything but like this one i don't there was just something that i was just like I don't know. I also like watched the first one again to like prep for, well, prep for the last episode, but also yeah. prep for this. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so great and so happy. Yeah. And like, it's left such me a, a good great movie. mood. And like, I didn't hate the idea of a sequel. They yeah. even, and like, it's great to have a continuation because like, that's what this, it, yeah. it feels like there are similar beats to the story, but like, it's not the same. Like as some other sequels have been. It it definitely gives the direct to DVD Disney sequel. Right, but it's vibe. not like it's not like we're we're just rehashing everything from the first movie. Yeah, you know, but yeah, it's not like we're not at the depths of like Little Mermaid 2. Like we're not there. But you know, the fact is <laughs> you have a movie with Amy Adams and it's probably on par with the level of Cinderella 3 a twist in time. <laughs> better songs, but like better, but like it's Equally, like, because Cinderella 3 is great for a Disney sequel, and this is, like, kind of bad nah, for, like, a yeah. movie with Amy Adams and Adina Menzel and Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz. Like, they're doing their best, but the movie is just kind of adequate, and that's kind of how I feel about Cinderella 3. Is it t- tells a fun, adequate story, and that's this, you know? it. But, like, it could... The thing with Disenchanted is it could be really good. And this one has like double the amount of songs from the first one. It feels like, yeah. Um, which is, well, there. I didn't really like batter. I'm not gonna lie. No, I didn't either. I was like, what did I write down? I wrote, this is a weird song. I see why it happened, but was it necessary? Maya Rudolph's character. I would have loved it because she's like vaguely a little mean and then she's like suddenly an evil queen and it's because of the magic or whatever. But like, I would have thought it would be so much more interesting if like she's kind of this mean girl who like runs the town and Giselle, it like kind of gets wrapped up. Like she's, maybe she's not literally turning her life into a fairy tale, but she's thinking of her life as a fairy tale. Like I need to protect Morgan from this evil queen. I need to like oust her like this kind of, that could have been interesting. And then kind of realizing, you know, in real life, you don't always have to oust people. You know, you can reach a mature conclusion as adults. I I think the idea of the parent wanting to put the same lifestyle that they had onto their children is an interesting yeah concept and like that's a cool theme i is that the, really what the metaphor is supposed to be though of this movie <laughs> I, I don't i i think at one point yes i think it gets a little lost and i think 
it was a I think Maya Rudolph felt wasted and so did Jayma Mays and Yvette Nicole Brown because they're all so funny and they're doing great like with what they have but like they're really underutilized I screamed when they were on screen yeah it was just like oh my god and like and like even um one of the photos on Disney plus for like when you go to the page for it it's the three of them and I'm like oh yes like this cast is so talented so stupid talented like you just need a good script yeah yeah i'm gonna blame the writing on this one and also the time because like they probably were like great let's now churn this one out it felt like it went through development hell and it only got made because they're trying to plump up disney plus but also like this was hand-drawn right or was it animation yeah probably unless it used like the kind of flash system that like a lot of kids movie or kids shows use okay you know, well i mean it, so i the, think it was i think it was handmade or hand but like even even if it wasn't you still need time like yeah you have it's art you're creating whether it's a a brush stroke or like yeah. a brush stroke on photoshop or whatever program that you use i don't understand technology but like you're still creating art you need time and like it felt like it felt like in some scenes they were just improving and they're like, great, let's fix, let's draw it real fast, and then we'll do it, yeah. and then and then record. Oh, great, you record the lines before we finish this. Great, thanks everyone. Yeah, we're gonna put her in a cop in a poor man's version of the Lily James Cinderella dress. You know the okay. Here's the thing of dresses. Does she she ends the movie with a dress shop? The first one. What happened no. to her dress shop? Wait. Oh, Andalasia yes. fashions. What? Yes. So where she's she... a, she's suddenly a trad wife. Where she which... took over for Nancy. If you really think about it, yeah. we didn't talk. About... Oh crap! I didn't talk about this with with battles, but it's in the same set piece as Nancy's fashion house or whatever. Oh, if you really if you really think about it, because it's the same setup, but it's now Andalasia lives. <laughs> Yeah, yes. she became the queen, and Giselle ran the. You know that's a pretty good deal, but like, yeah, what happened to the her dress shop, her business? Like, I get okay, maybe oh, I have a baby now, and I want to focus on being a mom, but like, it's not even brought up. Like when they also just when um Morgan's clothes were burned, why didn't she just like be like curtains everywhere? Yeah, well, they, there's <laughs> a there was a TikTok so much saw saying that. Robert in Enchanted, the first one, must have wanted a trad wife because, like, he sees, like, oh, Giselle. And, like, I don't think that's a fair reading of the first movie because Giselle obviously wants, like, more in life, you know, and that's kind of why she wouldn't have been happy in Andalasia, you know, like, not like she needed to be challenged more just as Nancy needed to, like, soften, you know, and, like, let herself just go with the flow you know so i still don't understand why they paint nancy as a villain in the first movie but that's neither here nor there yeah but like Uh, yeah so there's the i don't know it's just where's her dress shop and her clothing is not great and then at one point she says princess wife she called herself a princess met my prince became his princess wife and i hate that lyric is that in even more enchanted no, that's in the one, the Wish song, where she wishes, which is actually, that and Love Power are the two songs I really like from this movie. I think that Wish song is really good because it's Amy Adams, 
you but know, also, feeling. I also have to say, and at the end of Even More Enchanted, when she's belting her face off, I was just so impressed. Yeah, I mean, and again, I want her in more musicals. I want yeah, her. I want her in more musicals. She's so good. I mean, I think she was discovered like doing dinner theater in the Midwest. Great. You know, she's awesome. Yeah, that song I think is really good and it really captures, you know, this sometimes feeling I have where I yearn for my childhood where I grew up in this very like sheltered conservative thing and it was like everything was simple. And the thing is, I wouldn't be happy if that was still my life, but there's that yearning for, oh, I want that to be simple again, right? But like you grow up and you can't go back, right? Like you, once you open your eyes and that's what happened with Giselle. So I think that's a really, that song really sells it because you get the feeling, but you know it's not for the best. But what's also interesting is in Even More Enchanted, they don't turn it into a, that's how you know, where, every, where the ensemble joins in. on singing. Yeah, it's just her. So, and like, she even says it at some point where she's like, I lost my song or lost my oh, Yeah, singing. I don't know the right song to sing anymore. Yeah, and you're just like, wow. That's yeah. that's heavy if you really yeah, think about it. That's the thing. Like, what's happening with Giselle is so interesting, and it just gets lost with the like Smeagol thing that happens with her personality. <laughs> I was about to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, like it gets lost in that, and she again she acts the hell out of it. It's it's fun, but like we lose again. She's she, Amy Adams obviously really loves this character and is giving her a lot of complexity, you know. And I think that's the strength of Enchanted is Amy Adams' performance of Giselle. Is never just like someone making fun of a Disney princess. It's like a Disney princess with all the nuance and all the complexity really brought to the forefront. And she brings that into this movie, but this it's almost in spite of the script. Mm. She's like, act, like acting her ass up. Like it's like she shouldn't have to work this hard because the script should be able to support her. And what I also like is that she softened the doe-eyed innocence innocent disney character for this one like she's still it's the old giselle is still there but but like she's grown she's she's lived in the real new york she's lived in new york you know she's lived in new york for 10 15 15 years years. (laughs) which you know it is kind of i i feel like moving leaving new york was made for budgetary reasons and I think it's kind of sad because she kind of falls in love with New York in the first movie. And I'm not even like you live in New York. I don't. But like, I'm kind of like, I feel like New York was kind of, especially because it's the setting, the classic rom-com setting. It's such a like aspect of the first movie. Yeah, but maybe they're also making commentary on the mass exodus that happened during the pandemic. Oh, Yeah. So, but um, like, but like, I understand that like their family grew too big for an apartment, which yeah. can happen. And yes, uh, Morgan is some age <laughs> and is probably going to go across country to college or whatever. Yeah. Actually, did you notice that I read on IMDb that the person who played Morgan in the first movie is in this one? Yeah, she has a little cameo. But like, I was just like, why didn't you just I mean it's probably because she is 25 years old at this point yeah and they were like oh we don't want you to play a high school student <laughs> yeah I mean that she could probably get away with it <laughs> to be honest like she looks pretty young still but 
again, but like there's so little that happens in the high school, which it's not like I want disenchanted the high school movie, but like she had to go to school though. That was the I that that made sense because then she looks. I mean, I thought she looked cute in that little dress and sweater set, but like she has to be a fish out of water somewhere. And there's a there's an interesting what I noticed is so like okay the magic happens you change the world and you're not concerned that your daughter is no longer going to get an education she no longer school is no longer on her radar <laughs> like well, well well did Giselle go to school I don't think so she was raised by animals the rabbits taught her how to read probably <laughs> yeah that owl yeah. <laughs> like of course wait you're right it would be an owl yes 100 percent. yes the rabbits were there for it yeah uh, <laughs> no, it's yeah it's just like i don't know it's i think there was so much interesting stuff to happen in the real world and they we lost it all getting like second rate fairy tale yeah and and it felt it was a little disjointed too because like maya rudolph's character in the real world she seems like overly nice but like not villainous really she's a little jealous that somebody else is taking the power and everything and like becoming more popular than her but like like we've all had co-workers worse than Maya Rudolph's character yeah she's she's a a little bit of a Karen if you will but like she's not terrible she's not evil so it is interesting that like Giselle saw her but like Giselle didn't seem to see her that way so it's I don't know. It's just could. It would have been int- There's again. I think there's so much, so much interesting stuff to do in the real world. You could have had Pip visit. You could have had some magical elements thrown in and causing chaos. But like, focus on the real world. Because if I want to watch a fairy tale, full on fairy tale, I'll watch a full on fairy tale. I think the magic of Enchanted is that it's a combo, right? Like- it combines fairy tale with like a rom com. How about how about this? How about this? Yeah. Edward and Nancy say that they had to open up a special portal to yeah. this new house. Yes. Right? To visit. What if instead of giving them the magic wand to a baby, mm-hmm. it's like the portal grows and it's like taking over and that's how the worlds are colliding. Or yeah, or too many people like they didn't give a proper access code to the portal because it's it's edward you know so like (laughs) everyone's coming in you know and like now there's a bunch of like giselle like uh, now like little red riding hood is eating everything in the baking shop and there's talking birds you know moving in and you know taking over the ecosystem i think and then it's like the um giselle and morgan need to have the power of teamwork to yeah like a spell can very easily be broken or like fixed by like a healed bond, like that kind of true love thing, right. you know, like and we could a way have, you could do that. Yeah. You could have had similar things. And then like maybe instead of Giselle causing the Spider-Man-esque uh, yeah. catastrophe, because that's really what it is. It's like, if you watch every Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man fucks up and then like yeah. <laughs> has to fix it. He has so, to turn off the dark, yeah. <laughs> so, like, if it was instead a third party, Edward, yeah, Edward is great because he's dumb. Um, yeah, he fucks but up you can't somehow. Hate him. Yeah, right, and like 
He's like, oh no, we messed up the portal magic, blah, blah, blah. It's like eating both worlds now. Yeah. And and then uh, Monroeville, is that where we are? Yeah. And then Monroeville accidentally turns into Monroelasia or whatever they but call it. It's like, it. I think if it's slowly happening and it's not fully transforming until the third act climax and you gotta, it's yes. something where it's like you need a true th- mother and daughter of Andalasia to fix I, it, something like that. And that's how Morgan fits in as, oh, you are my daughter, you know? I think we just wrote a better movie. <laughs> we, did. we did. And, you know, I don't want to hate on the writing too much again because I feel like there's probably a lot. It's Disney. There's going to be a lot of executive studio notes and all that. Studio yeah. Studio notes. But again, it's like I felt like they shot themselves in the foot with this one. Like, this could have been really good. And it wasn't, you know, like kind of like Strange World, which was a decent movie, but like had no marketing. So like totally bombed. And now everyone's like, oh, it's because of this or that. I'm like, no, it's because no one knew this movie came out. Yeah, they don't really they didn't didn't do too great. Do you do you? Okay, so I felt like they kind of set up for a third one. Do you want it? Do we need it? After seeing this? No, that again, I, I sound like such a hater of this movie right now, but like when I s- watched it the first time, I didn't love it, but like I, this, I, the songs and Amy Adams, whatever, I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm here. But it just doesn't, it, it's such a failed, like it, it could be so good and it's just okay. Like even the, the song, the perfect song, right? Like it's an mm-hmm. I want song, but it's literally just an homage to Disney. I want songs without telling us much of what that character wants. There's a line where she's like, I don't want anything perfect. I want something that's perfectly right for me, which I guess is what Morgan is saying at the beginning. But like, that's all we get. And I'm like, what a waste of an I want song as just an homage. Like you could have told us something like the songs in the first Enchanted tell us about these characters. And I think so many of these songs take place where characters aren't themselves. They're like controlled by magic. So it's a waste of a musical, mm. you know, because a musical, the songs tell you about the characters, but yeah, they're I, just, I can't remember themselves. I can't remember if I read it for this one or for Enchanted, where it's like they wrote the script first and then they added the songs. And I was like, yes, that makes, I think it was the first, I think it was Enchanted, yeah. where they wrote the script out and then they threw in songs here and there yeah they should have just i don't know if that's what they did with this one or not but like that's probably what they should have done because then like we could avoid batter yeah which didn't tell us anything because amy adams and my rudolph are under a spell that you know that conceit works great for a musical episode of a tv show but not for a musical movie and like i mean props to maya rudolph though like she was camp Camp Queen, camping yeah. it up. Again, that the Love actors it. are giving 110%. It's just they don't have a good foundation. I just realized what your background is, by the way. Cullen's background is Giselle's cottage with Giselle in it. Yeah. Oh, God. And this is just a visual for me. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. I'm really into Zoom backgrounds lately. 10,000 years after everyone else. I didn't realize why what that was behind you. And now I get it. You themed yeah. the episode. I did. I have my enchanted background. I have my Aurora t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. um, Do you have a poison apple somewhere just in case? Oh my gosh, no. When I tried to get the poison apple mug at Disneyland, I think that was last 2021 Halloween. It was like sold out already. And it was like 11 a.m. And I was like, oh my gosh. Rude. Um, Cullen, is there anything else before we get... You want to talk about before we get in sharp and flat? 
Uh, let me let me double. I wrote some quick notes, but I think I mentioned everything. Yeah, you know, it's uh, oh yeah. Here's here's one. Do they not know how time works? Well, okay. I mean, with the clock, like adding. Oh, yeah, because so, they stop. They put the swords in, and they stop it from chiming. Right, but it's still going to be midnight at some point. Yeah, but I mean, the clock. There, there are the magic is based on the clock, I guess. Right, but like they say, I mean, I know it's the last stroke of midnight, but like who doesn't stroke? But still, it's going to be midnight at some point. Time is a made-up concept. Do you ever think about, like, because <laughs> we're, yes, we're recording okay. this on New Year's Eve and people are talking about their New Year's resolution. I'm like, you don't need to base a rebirth in your life on when Pope Gregory decided the New Year should be. Because that's what it is, you know? Like, it, You're right. You look back in, like, the history of the different things, you they start to explain the different calendars people were using and how they're still trying to come up with one in, like, recorded history. So it's not not some inherent thing so i get i bought that like it doesn't chime you know i i was just having taken the piss out of this because i was just like guys <laughs> guys it did it did give robert something to do i guess because for a sequel to a rom-com the main love interest has so little to do yeah if it would as lo- if it was like that um what we pitched about the portal being open Mm -hmm. if it was also like him finding himself in a way yeah you know like they're both going through a midlife crisis in a way so it's like helping them kind of reconnect and i it's not like i wanted to oh we reconnect our marriage like their marriage is falling apart that's not what i want to see no like but like something like finding their purpose and like how they're going to go forward as adults because like i think that was the beauty of the first one is that they were they had to find the equilibrium because like obviously they had connect they had a connection and they fell in love with each other but like she was at like a 50 and he was at like a negative 10 and then they had to to reach 25 yes so um all right let's get into sharp and flat shall we okay sharp flat so in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, I thought it could change. It's flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you go first with your sharps? Okay, my sharps are Amy Adams existing and her performance. A thousand percent agree. And, uh, you know, I'm also going to sh- shout out Adina, James Marsden, Jama Mays, and Yvette Nicole Brown. I mean, the whole cast, but especially that. They're just... They're here to do more than collect a paycheck. Like they, ate, they worked. They worked. You know, like they really cared about trying to make this movie good. It felt like, and it it honestly saved the movie because if they weren't trying, like I think that would make this movie less than adequate. You know, yeah, yeah. So those, uh, the, those, and the oh, well, would you have a separate category on songs? Right? No, you could uh, do it now. Okay, because the two songs I loved were "Love Power" and. Uh, the fairy tale life wish song. Yes, those yes. two again. Amy Adams and Adina Menzel. Like I'm like, it's good. Um, I also sharped Amy Adams because like I actually did like the Gollum Smeagol moment. Again, it was funny. She did it so well. I don't think it was ultimately in service of the story. No, no, she no. She did it. She, she ate. She slayed it. Yeah, for her, not in terms yeah. of like the movie itself. 
for her acting. Like, yeah. again, this is like a masterclass on like how to be a, a Disney real life Disney character. Yeah. Um, I also sharped Melvina, Rosaline and Ruby, which are um, Maya Rudolph, yeah. Nicole Brown and Jama Mays. But like the, I really like their characters. They were dumb villain. Yeah. You know, tropey, but like they did a great job. And like the fact that they're always in a triangular formation. Yeah, that's <laughs> it was so fun. And I would have loved to see more of their PTA nonsense. Yes. And then I, uh, my last sharp is um, it's not a complete rehash of the first one. True. Yeah. It's not like now Morgan falls into fairy tale land, you know, thank God. Right. Like she had a, she did go to fairy to Andalasia. Yeah. But like, justified yeah okay what were your flats uh the script the script uh (laughs) that's the top one uh robert having nothing to do and that it ends in a dream you know that they do no one remembers this yeah they're like whoever well uh wielded the magic and you're like that it's so you got to keep magic simple you know if you're not going to do a whole Aragon Harry Potter, like here are the rules thing, keep it simple. So like the whole, that just was too weird to me, you know? And also if no one remembers it, why does this story matter? But then also Adina Menzel and James and uh, James Marsden remember. Yeah. And then they kind of have the joke where like, though maybe you should use the dish, Robert, that makes Right. Or it's like, you saved the worlds. Yeah. So is Robert just like, what's going on? Right, like, that'd be a big thing for like your husband to not know happened. Yikes! <laughs> yeah. Um, I after this conversation, I agree with you on all of your flats, Ooh. but I'm also going to add Morgan before the wish. Yes, you said it was just a bunch of tropes, and it was like yeah. the bitter teenager. Like she may as well just been like flipping her mom off, being like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want." You're man. my stepmom. You're yeah. my stepmom. Like that. That again. That was could have been a really good scene, but it happened so early in the movie after like Giselle hadn't done that much to like ruin her life. Like if this was more of a story of them adjusting to this new place. And like magic messing with it and like ruining Morgan's life, then that could have been a really powerful moment. But instead, it was just like, okay, like you're kind of mean. Like, um, I also didn't like the animation style. Oh yeah, no, that I wasn't. No, I I I miss the two D animation of Disney. I will yeah. say that. And like this was a fine amuse bouche of it, but it wasn't enough. It was. <laughs> Well, yeah, especially the the scene again where Morgan goes and the way the humans move is so weird and like stilted, and it's like they're using less frames than they should or something. And they're at weird angles that Disney never does. Yeah, and it's a lot of like upward from like a a side, so you see a yeah. lot of like the jawline at a weird angle, and you're like, that you never do this. Never. Yeah. Well, I mean, or if you do, it's because somebody's lying is upside down. That's it. Yeah. It was it was weird. And they even do the thing where they like try and do an homage to like the Cinderella dress transformation. 
which is like an iconic piece of animation. So maybe don't. <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like. Uh, I'm also flatting Morgan's dresses. The yeah. the one that is ripped up was I didn't. I don't know. There's something it was. It, it felt was cheap. Lily James Cinderella. But it was also like we're desexualizing and de-aging or making this actress look younger on per and I don't know if that's was on purpose or if that was because like we're in Giselle's mind and she thinks that this is like a glamorous ball gown but like no it was gross and even the final one I was just like okay this is slightly better but like yeah no the costuming again nowhere near the levels of the first one yeah I think they were trying to de-age her yeah wardrobe wise (laughs) um would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I mean, you already kind of answered this already. Yeah. Just uh, one more time. Yeah, Love Power for sure. And, you know, when does this episode come out? The one we're recording In like two right weeks? Now. In like two weeks. So, okay. So probably at this point, you will be able to listen to Glee Boot. We're pitching a full reboot of Glee. And my Fairytale Life uh, makes its way into a song that could be covered in the Glee Boot. Oh! okay yeah so wait wait wait. the the before the wish one or the before the wish before the wish after the wish i'm like "Mm, nah but the when it's just amy adams yeah you know i really did i really liked fairy tale life the wish like that one it's so good it's such a good i want song but like more mature yeah yes and then um i'll give love power another chance oh yeah yeah Try it Cause, out. Cause like we get we get that we finally get Adina to sing in this world. Yeah. She didn't sing in the first movie, which she did not. Did it it would it make sense if she sang in the first movie? Yeah. So in this one, it makes a hundred percent sense. Like the two women are great belters. I didn't realize yeah. that about Amy Adams. We knew that about Adina Menzel. Adina, yeah, that's her brand. <laughs> it's it is her brand. She's been doing it since the nineties, everyone. Um but Cullen, we're yes. done with the episode. Oh my gosh, we did it. We did it. We so did it. Thank you for coming back on. Uh, yeah. What do you have to plug or promote? All right. So we are wrapping up my podcast, Glee Boot, um, 2019 to 2023. You know, are the two episodes that we're, fin- we're releasing and will either be out or coming out when this comes out is our pitch for the Glee Boot. And the Glee Keys were the biggest Glee award show ever, where we vote on everything Glee. <laughs> and then uh, the, I have a new podcast called Not My Fantasy, where we review fairy tale and fantasy films, and we talk about the lore that inspired them. So we've done like we're right now. Uh, when this comes out, we'll have we'll be starting a series on Beauty and the Beast movies. We'll have done the Lord of the Rings. Gods of Egypt, Frozen, and in like in Frozen, like we talked about the Snow Queen and the Disney adaptation uh, with the Black Cauldron, the Book of Life, the Brothers Grimm. So a variety of films. Uh, it is great not to be watching the same TV show all the time. <laughs> uh, Why? What do you mean? <laughs> just watching it go downhill. <laughs> Gleeboot was for, you did it for in three years, basically. Basically, the yeah, whole season, the whole series in three we years. We started, we were kind of like on and off when we started, but like by the end of, we were starting season two before COVID like lockdown hit. And damn. 
yeah and we I think because of COVID we were able just like well what else so we just like plowed through and then uh yeah we did a lot you know we you t- didn't I think take breaks in between seasons that's what we, a lot of people do we that's did, why but like our we would it maybe be like a few weeks or we took a couple months in between five and six and people were like come back and I was like six I is rough break. <laughs> I'm moving yeah uh, six you know some people really rough. like six and I think six had potential and it, I'd rather watch six than five, though five has some hits. Puppet Master. <laughs> I was, we're talking with another Glee podcast, Glee Aggressive, and they're like, okay, like if you were to come on for season five, I was like, honestly, I really don't want to, but I could do Puppet Master or Katie or Gaga. Maybe the one where Rachel is funny girl. Great. And uh, why don't you, you know what? Pitch me your how to fix this movie. Yeah, pitch to me. Yeah. Pitch to me. I want to hear about it. Maybe I'll read it online somewhere. I don't know. No one really emails me, but let's do it. Let's figure it out. Um, I want to hear your pitches. Yeah. Yes. Pitch, please. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about Walking on Sunshine, the 2014 Ooh. jukebox musical. Oh, it's uh, just it's wait. It's not Mamma Mia. It's not <laughs> Mamma Mia. But is it? <laughs> <laughs> but does it want to be? <laughs> to be? <laughs> Colin, thank you so much for coming back on. We should have um, uh, Hannah on at some yes. point again. Yes. And Alyssa, if she wants to. You know, your Glee Boot yeah. co-hosts. Uh, but yeah, thank you again. And thank have you a so much. wonderful day, everyone. Bye for now. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.